Hi, you're listening to Ministry of Self, a podcast where we talk about the importance of understanding the self, how others can influence who you are and why our emotions drive everything. The Ministry of Self will discuss many and varied aspects to allow you, our listener, to assess and, if necessary, reshape your emotional life. I'm Jen Cromedy and I'm joined by emotional intelligence practitioner Mike Martin. Welcome to Ministry of Self. Hi, uh, welcome to Ministry of Self podcast. Uh, we're starting to kick off the second series after our first series uh, finished a couple of months ago now, but just to give a bit of an overview, I've been away for a couple of months overseas, had a really great break. Uh, Mike and I have kept in regular contact with each other because we've had quite a few people listen to the first series as well as give us some great feedback. We've caught up with a few people who've listened to the podcast. It's helped Mike and I think about how we frame uh, not just what we're going to talk about in the next few series but also just the sorts of things that people have either learned, embraced, um, the sorts of things they're interested in us talking about and then also how we can further that conversation. So I thought I'd say hello. <coughs> We're excited to be back for this second series and um, I know, Mike, we might just have a bit of a quick chat about a few thoughts with the first series before we kick things yeah. off. Yeah, okay, Jen. Well, in the first series we concentrated uh, pretty heavily on the way we think about ourselves in a few ways, uh, uh, identifying the influences that formed and shaped our lives, uh, completed some exercises on that, just get a bit of a feel about uh, how to establish who we are and uh, what's been important to us. Uh, we, we then looked a little bit of it quite deeper and uh, understanding where our pain centres are, what our influences really are from the early days. Uh, we then started to talk about language and how to interpret language and how to uh, present ourselves in the right way, in a courageous and brave way, how to challenge things when we need to in the, in, in the right way and to not let people push us around, basically. Uh, the, then we got into the mental filters, which is the process in which how we filter our information <coughs> uh, in so much as uh, if we're going to filter information through uh, ordinary confidence of poor self-esteem then even the greatest initiatives uh, end up the other end of that is not a great product or a product we deserve to have um, I think then we started talking about the mirror gen <coughs> and what we're looking at and don't be afraid to have a look at it and enjoy what you're looking at and don't be critical um, we're only critical because make people make us critical uh, we really should be thinking about the beauty that looks straight back at us and uh, and then finally we looked at the, the really big one for us was having a voice and uh, <coughs> how can we be anything without that and uh, we, we went through a lot of things that asked questions about whether we have one or not and uh, if you'd like to flick back through those podcasts it gets into a, a fair bit of specific stuff about it and uh, I know it takes a little bit of time but uh, um, we aim them to be quite therapeutic and soft and gentle so you can actually think through them Rather than jerking your mind around with uh, all sorts of uh, alternative thinking, this, it's quite simple. So we suggest, if you like, as we go into Series 2, go back and have another think about who you are, get to that point, and then we can move on to some other 
fascinating and interesting subjects again. <laughs> yeah, and <coughs> just, and we might have mentioned this in the first series too, but I know quite a few people who've listened to the first series a couple of times and maybe there's a specific episode that really hit in a way that was quite impactful. So I've had quite a bit of feedback around certain episodes having tremendous impact on some people's thinking and, you know, people either feeling quite energised, some quite emotional, which is, mm. you know, no bad thing, but also this idea you brought in about meditative thinking and mm. slowing slowing things down. Yeah. And I know we did probably talk about it as well, but since hearing how people have used the podcast as a way to explore other ways that they might want to be either creative or think about themselves and put their brain, I suppose, or their mind into a different space. So mm. it continues to be something that I'm really quite interested in as to how people are actually using the podcast. People use them in different ways is all I was going to say. Uh, but, yeah, I, and I thought Mike and I have had then a discussion about what a next series could look like because I don't know if we were really that sure whether we'd continue them or mm. what, whether it would be something that we um, built on from the first. But the number of questions we've had with really specific kind of needs or things that people want us to talk about, and I'll put up front too that people have also said, why are your podcasts only half an hour? So mm. bless if we <laughs> do go longer it's probably because mike and i will just talk through the issues and just see um the time frame but we're really pleased to hear that people want us to go deeper and deeper with some of the things we've talked about mm -hmm. yeah so uh, I'm, I'm happy mike if you want to talk about perhaps the framing of where we might go to next yeah i, I think it is important that we take time to uh, allow ourselves to think through where we're at in our life there's a lot of pressures out there jen and i think it's time for us to start thinking about um, our abilities to deal with life and, and our abilities to be uh, in charge of our own thoughts and emotions. Uh, we have that ability all the time. It's just chipped away by other things. So again, uh, listening to the first lot, and I've had quite a lot of feedback on how people have been using all that, and uh, it's, it's all, it's all uh, gratifying to realise that uh, th there's no real science or newness in humans. They're finding out that uh, they've spent not much time thinking about themselves, not much time thinking about what still hurts or deviates them from initiative, not much time thinking about worth or how powerful uh, an actual human being is until they go through and think about, well, right, I, let me do the list now. Let me talk about it to myself and then I'll share it with whom I like, which means I just needed that voice. I had some really strong feedback about the voice bit mm. and those who, even in really prominent positions, would say to me, I thought I had one until I went through and followed some of the guidelines from the voice that said, you need to find out by asking questions. And uh, he said, and he runs a business, he said, well, I was asking questions after a while and finding out that uh, I wasn't really impacted in the way I should have been. So I've changed the whole way I go about it now and I've got a lot of staff and a lot of responsibility and now I'm asking them uh, the right questions to, un to make sure that I'm clear on what I'm saying to them and their understanding is strong. So uh, just for that little tip alone, once you've got a voice that takes you back to all of the things we previously talked about and that is to how to understand ourselves. If you've got a voice, you can ask the right questions to get an understanding 
and uh, and and listen to what people are saying. Uh, if they if they're saying this is right or wrong, they're your friend. If they're patting you on the back, they're not. And I think we've had those conversations before. Mm. So so bear in mind, there's no one more important than you. And uh, if you think there is, just ask someone that loves you, and I'll tell you, no, no, you are. With that comes the responsibilities we've said before. <coughs> so let's think about how it can be our very best at our uh, with our best mental health, our best physical health, and having a, a joyous time whilst we walk the planet. <laughs> there was something you said that made me think about the voice. So I'll just mm. talk about that briefly. And when you talk about people who are in a position of authority, they would naturally think they have a voice mm. because mm. it comes with the position. Mm. But what I found really interesting about what you said, and it causes me to reflect, even though I'm the one having the conversation and I've listened to the podcasts a few times, is it's about this understanding. A lot of the time when I've been in rooms with leaders, they will have a thing that they will say, but it's the understanding of the other and the exchange and then understanding why they're saying the things they're saying. Mm. So I think it's a really, it is quite an impactful thing for people to turn around and start having that self-reflection. Mm. Who am I? What is it when I'm speaking to someone, having a conversation? And the first podcast series, I think, did this wonderful job of unpacking some of the subtleties around language that actually enables the other person to be themselves and, mm. and hopefully have that truthful and honest conversation in an environment that's not... Uh, overly authoritative, if that's oh, I think the right that's, word. That's the key, and this uh, particular person's uh, worked that out, and he also worked out pretty quickly that uh, he, he didn't even realise how ineffective he was uh, with his voice because he kept having to repeat the thing so many times, you know, proving straight away that he wasn't getting through, which he didn't even realise. He said, well, I, it must be the way I'm putting it, but once he sent out a little survey to his key staff who came back and said, look, um, we have great respect for you. It's just that you seem to be talking to yourself and not us. <laughs> I think it's a lesson mm. that we mm. all can... Oh, yeah, we can. Absolutely. Mm. I think, again, depending on how long we, we talk about this, but when you're in an environment where someone's maybe got that senior role, it, to be able to have the uh, ability to ensure other people feel like they can actually mm. say the things that they really think because there's always this area of you said something like your friends aren't the ones that are just patting you on the back mm. but that's often the case in the workplace you'll mm. pat the person on the back who's maybe your senior mm. so having the person in that position comfortable or enough within themselves to enable those honest conversations is really powerful oh, uh, and look you take that just uh, that's an example of business but go into life generally um, once you've got a voice and you know you've got one uh, it depressurizes your brain immediately it allows you to talk with some satisfaction you release a lot of stress because someone's listening mm. uh, you might think well i've done all that before but you have to go back and think about it. well actually they could not have been listening to me because their responses back to me indicate that they weren't and I wasn't feeling any better, even with people I trusted I was talking to, but I still didn't feel any better until I realised that I didn't have the voice. And for me to have my voice, I needed to be asking questions to find out if people were listening. So I went through this process and I continue to do it today at every time now. And amazingly enough, 
I find out now all the people who want to listen versus the ones who didn't. So now I've um, actually eliminated an awful lot of uh, wasted time trying to talk to those that I know now don't want to listen to me. They're just nodding and being courteous. So it's, it's really important across all things. And going back to the original six podcasts, it's all about that. Mm. Uh, once you discover something and you need to share something, you need to be able to present it in a format that's acceptable to the listener but also attracts their attention and uh, to, to make certain that they totally understand uh, as an end product what you mean, what you mean to say. So there's so many things and so many things get done in meetings and we've said all this before, but really and truthfully, I don't know how strong our throat is or our voice lasts, but uh, we must be wasting so much of it. <laughs> and <coughs> also, too, we, it's a great time saver too. Yeah. You only use your voice where you need to use it and with the people who want to talk to you and listen to you. Yeah, I think one of them was, uh, one of the podcasts was asking the questions to get the answers you need. Yeah. So, again, it was all about how you make things really, I suppose, efficient as well. E efficient and real yeah. and genuine. Because mm. there's nothing more beautiful than to have a great feeling that someone's listening to something that's important to you. Because again, and we've said this before, it enhances their world too because they're feeling important about it. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great, it's a great collaboration, right? And we we're very keen on getting the world to start uh, communicating again, uh, slowly and with purpose, and with uh, substance, just this uh, rubbish talk all the time. Get down to the substance so that you can relieve yourself of any pressures that you may have. And also relieve them as well because don't forget if, if they're listening to you, you're listening to them. It's, it's a good deal. And I think that sort of brings us to what we were thinking of talking about in this series which is when we're having these conversations, we're often putting them in a work environment mm. and sometimes I think we put it in a personal environment. Yeah. Yes, they relate to each other. We're still a human at the centre of it all regardless of whether in work or a personal relationship but we've had a lot of conversations with people about the nature of personal relationships mm. and this question around connection on a personal level. Mm. So I think we were going to explore that a little bit more and, you know, it's certainly something that gosh, it's not, we're not short of having a conversation. My friends, the people I've known for a really long time, when you sit down and have a drink with someone mm. and having a social occasion, pretty much, let's forget religion and politics and all of this, right, but you talk a lot about your personal relationships mm. and I think it's one thing that mm. over the years, you know, it's 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 a certain area of a relationship that's really enriching to be able to do that, mm. but how you actually navigate it is another question. It's it's a fascinating and courageous subject. <coughs> so I think we've, we're... Uh, someone's got to go there, Jen. <laughs> so we may as well. And everyone yes. else seems to be a real expert about our relationships, I find. Mm. Uh, people are trying to help, but I think because they're not emotionally engaged in it, uh, there's not that really deep understanding. But... I suppose, getting right back to it, what attracts us to one another? Surely that's a mystery of sort. Is it about chemistry? Is it about sameness, uh, perhaps even loneliness, that drives us together? Perhaps the need to belong to escape something. Such a lot to think about, I reckon, and all these sort of things. But one thing we can be certain of, it'll change over time. 
there's new priorities, uh, different opportunities show uh, who we are. Uh, we want different things. Uh, and perhaps incompatibility doesn't become a factor over time. But <coughs> I think it's not even in the, in the realm of sensibilities to think, well, what we found in each other in the first couple of years remains the same. Uh, and, and I find that is very normal. It's at that point we've got to be careful not to start thinking that it's wrong. It may not be. It might just be that, oh, well, this is not what I signed up for. Well, any sort of progress in life tells you that it's not going to be the same. So how do you recognise the changes? And then how do you have a relationship that changes over that period of time? Well, if the respect doesn't change, if the like doesn't change, if the compatibilities that you like doing together doesn't change, that just means that most of the core elements still remain except for that exciting early chemistry that brought us both together. Uh, wine and song <laughs> that brought us both together and put us in positions where we uh, thought, well, this is just wonderful and I must... Uh, <coughs> must never upset this and I always wanted to be this way. Well, you see, it can't be that. That's just not the way it is. I mean, the wine tastes the same. <laughs> but the conversation can change. And as we mature uh, with each other, our needs change. Uh, it's interesting to see if there is a Lord above or someone you believe in with a sense of humour that said, uh, let me throw down a male and a female onto the earth and say, go on, now make that work. Sending two opposites to the ground and say, well... <coughs> and the other complication might be that maybe you meet someone at 28 or 29 and they're 26. Well, there's 28 years of absolute life com completed and 26. So there's two completely different individuals in this together. So what brings it together? Many, many things bring it together. It can be intellectual, uh, can be sexuality, of course, which is nice and natural. Uh, there can be other reasons, like we've said before. There can be almost a desperation. There, there can be, can I, can I have an, a, a different relationship to the last time because that one didn't work and I'm going into this one because it's different and uh, it just seems better now. And, and often sometimes it ends up the same way, that why... Isn't this working? <coughs> One of the parts of it, Jen, I think is really important is to understand when the feeling of love changes and it's more prominent as a friendship. Now, you heard the expression that I can't stand the most in my life and that is, uh, uh, I think, I, think uh, I love them but I'm not in love with them. But I've never ever known what that could possibly mean. Mm. But I think friendship is a very strong form of love and I think it takes place, I think it takes precedence over the early days when there was a lot more uh, friendly emotion and togetherness and newness in it. <coughs> I think we've got to be very careful and when we start thinking about, well, now it's becoming a lot more of a friendship. Well, I think that's a very strong second stage of love and not to be confused by saying to yourself, oh, well, the love's gone. Because I think it changes and I think it's most essential to understand that change is part of uh, relationship and love. Friendship to me 
once that strikes, you're in a really good spot. But I have heard and spoken to many that have thought, well, no, this is not for me anymore. That predisposes that every, every relationship lasts two years and that's finished. Because where is the growing together? Are we not as attracted to each other anymore? Well, maybe, but are we attracted in other ways? Are we attracted to the fact that this is a beautiful human I'm with? Are we attracted by the fact that they're creative? Are we attracted for other reasons? Well, yeah, of course we are. What I'm saying is don't throw it away if you suddenly get to a position where you only assess it on the basis of what you thought in the early years because there's so much gold within people that you never see until you get to know them. And how do you get to know them? You stay in it. You stay respectful and all of the things like friendship come out and they become a powerful bond. And powerful bonds are very hard to split. And so we've got to be aware that when we're building friendships uh, uh, in, instead of that early f feelings of love, you've got to be aware of distractions. And we know what that means, distractions are distractions. So it's at that time we need to stop, really go quiet within our minds and make proper assessments of where we're at in our relationship and not just think, well, no, it's not like it was in the first place. Something's distracting me now and now I'm confused. I will start with saying that uh, firstly, if you think about say the Greek language there's multiple words for love in the Greek language mm. so I'll go on a bit of a tangent and say <laughs> hilarious um, you know th there will be the romantic love versus the friendship love versus etc etc and it's partly because uh, just some of the background that I've been involved with you know looking at old Greek literature and philosophy so I thought I'd flag to say that I think the English language struggles a bit you know you said I oh, don't like it when people say I love them but I'm not in love with them. Th there's an issue with our language that is a little bit limited that I think we can learn from um, historical and deep thinking philosophical work that's happened in the past. On the other level, I will comment that, you know, I've navigated life and quite a few relationships and I just wanted to throw out that I totally agree with what you're saying around friendship totally agree I'm at the stage in my life where that is hugely important for me um, but what I will say is that will be other people in relationships that have perhaps ended for reasons of abuse or mm. you know violence or behaviors that maybe are very difficult for people to mm. either forgive or overcome so I'll look at that and say on one hand yes I think that a normal well, normal is not the right word a relationship that grows over time, that um, deepens over time, that has the respect that you're talking about, that then moves from that initial rush of chemicals to the slower simmering, you know, what would I call it? One of Rob, my husband's stews, you know, like mm. something that is so rich and wonderful and that you can really respect is, is I think, different to when people have got in I'm just putting it out there because I know there'll be people listening who've gone, but I've got a partner who has physically abused me. Or, mm. you know, so I just thought I'd flag that I think there's different journeys people go on in relationships. Agree with what you're saying, but there are some points yeah, well, where relationships really should not continue. Phase two of the conversation is about that. I'm but, just putting but, it out there because yeah. people will know 
perhaps a bit about my life too. Yeah, so, the, the whole yes. phase two of relationships are the wrong ones. The mm. ones that we get into because of all sorts of maybe personal insecurities or trying to get away from something. Uh, yeah, uh, no, we don't We don't uh, need bad relationships, but so many people get into them and stay in them because mm. they don't want to fail again. Uh, what happens there, I think, we lose faith in ourselves yeah. and in our belief system, in our own value to ourselves, getting back to the mirror, I think, in, in a way. Mm. But uh, don't forget, too, that there's all sorts of... Uh, things to think about in terms of jealousy, in terms of envy, in terms of one partner becoming stronger than the other in some way, uh, someone being more popular than the other one. And all of this uh, envy starts to become part of it. Those relationships should never be because there's no chemistry. Uh, there's a lot of uh, inadequacies in people thinking about, well, you know, I, I need to make sure that I keep this person uh, close to me because uh, I can't have them being exposed to other factors. That might mean that I won't be with them anymore. So there's the genuine relationship which we talked about in the first place where friendship becomes love. But then there's all of the other parts that where it's really not a great fit. And we still ask and I always want to ask, why do we stay in things that knock us around and hurt us? Because it's scary. Sometimes it's scary to, to get out and, so, and, and sometimes we think, well, it's better the devil I know, which is a really appropriate thing to say there. <laughs> but it's that time when you've got to go back to your own faith. You've got to go back to your own uh, reconstruction of <coughs> what put you together in the first place and, and find ways to feel so much better about yourself by talking about it to someone. Get some strength back to operate within. Now, you know, it's some very big areas to talk about, Jen, uh, in, in terms of relationships, the violent ones, the ones that are really, really hard for, uh, for people to be in. <coughs> but essentially, you have to come to a, a, an arrangement in your own mind to ask yourself the question, uh, is it right for me or is it not right for me? If it's not right for me, go quiet in your mind. Think about it slowly. Don't uh, don't disrupt it through arguments and fight. Uh, if you can't have gentle conversations with a partner that really you, you perhaps shouldn't be with, then it's going to be very hard uh, to make it go the other way. So, yeah, all relationships to me, all great relationships are, are, are built on uh, the early stages of that beautiful feeling uh, end up as a as a real uh, mutual respect and friendship and love of another kind uh, that's generated by a desire to be together to create something great uh, through your kids or anything like this. So I don't think we should spoil that, uh, that possibility in everyone because it's possible for the majority of the world, but the, the ones that don't work are the ones that are riddled with... Uh, personal issues in minds, uh, those who aren't in touch with themselves, those who do suffer, uh, all of the anxieties associated with envy and things like this. So uh, having relationships like that uh, are simply uh, not really going to work unless something gets done about those mindsets. And if those mindsets uh, are too far gone, then... Yes, there's got to be ways to be out of that because those who want to keep relationships because of their own insecurities, 
uh, don't really want them. They really don't. They just think, well, no, that's what I've got. That's all I've got. So people in that position need to go and try and get some help, try and get some help to understand yourself again, rebuild your confidence. And once that comes back to you, uh, you might find yourself uh, available to the possibility of being in another relationship, but from a far better mental state perspective. Yes, so probably what I would say is that uh, even thinking now back to the first series and the language that we talked about, applying that in the context of a personal relationship, you know, your romantic partner, this idea that through understanding yourself, so say you've worked through this idea of the mirrors and the circles and you've Mm -hmm. come to a realisation about who you are, you've understood the filters, you're saying, okay, I get where those influences have come from and why I'm behaving this way in my personal relationship. And you even get to the point where you're able to have those discussions using language in a different way. Mm. It still is important for the other person to also go through a similar journey. Mm. And I think that's where, uh, you know, talking to people who've listened to the podcast, say, versus to people who haven't had that sense of... Mm self-exploration or understanding of their self uh, it, it takes it it's a really interesting journey to go on mm. what i have found though and this is me being i don't know if positive is the right word but when i've used the language to actually genuinely try and talk to someone about something that's really important to me and really genuinely reach out to have an understanding of where they're coming from. And we talked about, again, this in the first podcast, you feel that other person physically relax. Mm. Or, you know, that the anti- you talked about it not being combative or argumentative. You sort of take that angst out of the discussion because hopefully the majority of humans that you deal with will understand that you're talking to them in a way that gives them the ability to really try and talk through things. Mm. Uh, so... You know, personally, I've worked in and around using that language in different circumstances mm. and I think it's been incredible mm. of a way to help the other start exploring those I, ways I, of thinking as well. And I think, Jen, yeah, quite right. I, I think the uh, people who listen to this next series will realise that the first six podcasts are absolutely connected to these things. And uh, I guess that's been a little bit of our plan to make sure that you've got all of the skill base right to be able to really quietly go about changing the things that aren't right for you and enhancing the things that are so if you do have a voice and you have great language and you've got really good mental filters where you're really positively influencing yourself uh, and you understand your upbringing all of those factors that are in those first six do allow you to assess relationships properly and the the, the thing that i really like about some of that is that when you go through that first six and you're questioning a relationship you might not question it anymore you might think no hang on i'm missing a bit here i'm expecting stuff that's not possible now but it's still beautiful to me so when i think about whereas without that backup without that honouring self, if you like, without that, knowing that, you can make all the errors under the sun because you just weren't ready to deal with something, whether it's good or bad. Certainly when relationships 
don't go well. There's all sorts of reasons for it that we've discussed before. But the main thing is, and you're quite right to say this, can you have the right conversation about it? Can you raise it in a format that's not combative? Mm. Can you be really, really quiet and respectful to the other person whilst you're getting them to understand how you're feeling? And as you're talking to people about it, you'll test your own feelings out. You'll actually think, hang on, I'm still assessing the way I feel here, but no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm clear now. Because I'm having the right conversation, I'm clear about how I'm feeling as well. And that's why it's so important to pull all these things together. We don't want to do things in isolation. We want to have a continuity of what we're getting at. And I think if you do look at those things uh, properly, but the idea is to go quiet in your mind so that you're not jerking around, you're not, you're not anxious too much, you're not too nervous, you're, you're having a really... And pick the right moments, of course. Uh, the right moment is always, uh, listen, mate, I want to talk to you. That's not the right moment. Uh, the right moment is when someone's not obviously distracted or busy and say, look, is it, is it time for us to have a conversation now? Because it won't be a surprise to them. It won't be. And under that circumstance... It might be quite an emotional conversation too. But don't forget, once we become emotional in any conversation, we can only tell the truth. We cannot lie when we're emotional. It doesn't work. It's so obvious uh, if we try. So we don't. We're in our most honest position when we're emotional about talking about important things based on the fact that your language and your voice, your presentation of what you're thinking about and your connection to the other person is, is there, it's done. And you're having a conversation now about respectfully looking after the other person's mind as you change things if you need to change them. Conversely, if you're fixing something that you think can be fixed, it's the same thing. It's the same language, it's the same entry points, it's the same respect, and it's the same reassurances that come. As you say, look, I've been distant, I didn't quite know why. I thought I was changing and then I suddenly thought, I spoke to a friend of mine who just said to me, are you really, are you really thinking this through? Because are you picking little things that tell you that now it's different now? Or is it the fact that you're both maturing and getting older and need different things to be part of that relationship? So it's very important again to get back to those basic fundamentals of having great language, having a nice voice and having a gentleness and a total respect for the other person. Any brawling in this space, uh, even great relationships get lost if you brawl in that space because it becomes highly emotional, it becomes accusatory, it becomes all sorts of things and, and you never really talk about the reasons you're different. It, it's just an emotional fight. So I'll put the listener hat on and say when you talk about so there's a few things there where I think you'll go Jen you're a bit analytical but this is I can't help it so you're saying a conversation that is real and genuine is emotional mm. but at the same time you can be overtly emotional and combative mm. right so I suppose my question is so on reflection I'm thinking if I'm finding that great calm space to have those conversations with someone and I'm letting my emotions through the sorts of emotions I'm thinking you're talking about are those of 
care, compassion, mm. love. You know, there might be some sadness. That's okay. Yeah. But when you're talking about combative, you're talking about emotions that are generated by, say, influences that are outside or that have come from other place, like you're jealous mm. or, or envious. Mm. So I just want to probably mm. stitch that up a little bit for the listener to say, um, when you're talking emotionally and you said mm. that's a good space, mm. just maybe clarifying what you mean by the good emotional the space. G- the good emotional space is the empathy space. Okay. Uh, where you're caring for the person you're trying to have a conversation with. Because you know them well, you've been in a relationship with them or you're in a relationship with them and you don't really want to hurt them and you don't want to hurt your ability to communicate with them either. Mm. Uh, so that's the empathy space. The other space is once, once we get, if the stress driving it and it makes us more anxious and our voice becomes a lot sharper, we start blaming, you hear blaming one for the other and things like this. So there's a clear difference between the two conversations. So there's, there's certainly, uh, if you like, the bad emotions. I was uh, just, I probably wanted you, to, I didn't want yeah. to be that derivative, Mike. Well, but you can. Yeah. You can have okay. the, ba- the bad emotions, mm. like if it's driven by envy or jealousy or yeah. something like that. Then or fear, uh, fear, of, fear yeah. of being vulnerable, which yeah, we talked a lot about. And I think mm-hmm. that is probably what I was sort of trying to find out what you thought. If there's, if there's uh, hard edge emotions in anything, no matter if you talk to me, you know, relationship whatever it won't work because there's an agenda at play there's a fear at play and there's uh yeah as you say a vulnerability at play well maybe they so don't want to appear to be vulnerable well, they, they feel vulnerable and don't want to show it well they don't want to they mm. don't want to yeah because they're just going to stick on the fact that uh, they want you to change your mind <laughs> and so they'll really start attacking it now this is normal human mm, behavior of course it is understand i think there'll be a lot of people going yep <laughs> yeah, that's it. But it's not. We're not talking about the extreme bits again, mm. like we talked about before. Of course. We're talking about the 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 controlled places where there are differences occurring between people mm. that need to have the empathy space uh, to be able to have conversations that become nice and gentle. When any anyone hears or feels the other person's emotion, you know you're in a good space. Yeah. You know that it's it's clear, uh, it's nice. Even if it's disagreement, it's nice because you're understanding each other. Because don't forget, one person might be unhappy quicker than the other person. And so the person leading the conversation needs to be really good in that empathy space because the other person will know that there's a difference. They just really don't want to. They just don't want to face it in some ways because we don't want to lose what we have. But when you get down to those conversations, when you're using the right empathy and care for the other person, they will they will almost agree with you that you're right, but it'll still hurt though. Yeah. It'll still be emotional, but they'll mm. know because of the way you're you're having the discussion that it is right what you're saying. Mm. So thinking about the the more challenging conversations, and I'm obviously talking within the com the confines of empathy mm. and respect uh having challenging conversations with someone you really care about and it might even sound petty but you're trying to just work through where they're at because you're right i feel like when you're in that relationship that is genuine and long lasting you feel you said something like you feel their emotions Mm -hmm. i can 100 percent agree and if you don't then you know obviously there's something that relationship can probably build but Sometimes you just feel it and you know. And then when you're having the conversation about the thing, like there might be something 
in particular that you feel like you need to raise I suppose it's it's a bit of a comment but also a question which is uh, that person as you say might know that that's the truth or the right thing but it does take them time Mm. to process that Mm. and it's understanding over a longer period of time how long you know and, and I suppose examples might be that you know, if you're in a relationship and that person's been on a long journey of self-discovery mm. as a, a word, there might have been trauma in their relationships previously or all sorts of things. It's actually, I suppose what I would say, it's not a negative thing that it does take time to get to know someone because mm. that's actually the joy. Mm. So even if, you say you've been with someone for 10, 20 years, even though you're like, I've known you for 20 years and you've never told me X, Y, Z, the joy of hearing it is like incredible as it, well. It's it's fascinating to say that because I don't think we ever ever know another person completely because so many, I mean, it takes an event or something different to turn up to find out that you find out something about <laughs> someone. Yes, uh, you can go all your life mm. and not know the other person any other than that little confine that you know them within. Mm. Uh, the recommendation I've always had with relationships is you, you start having different conversations about different interests and different things. Try and discover the person. Try and discover the person's, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies a little bit more. I mean, where does their belief system sit? I mean, how creative are they? Have you ever thought about what they thought about A, B and C? I'm saying having more wide-ranging conversations, and I'll tell you what that'll do. First of all, it creates a stimulus within the relationship. And then, of course, you can start thinking about, well, we really should be doing different things then. We're just discovering ourselves now. This is after 10 years or 20 years or whatever. You're still finding things out. And I often see, Jen, and someone will say to me when someone's passed away that they found out more about them in the last week or so than they did ever know and they Mm. didn't know about that. Mm. how they felt about something. And, you know, someone said, well, you didn't tell me that, mate. Well, I didn't think you'd be interested or was that important. I was always trying to figure out what was important to you and not me. So there was an inequality all that time, Mm. all that time. And it's amazing to think about that. But we've all got something magnificent that no one knows about because we don't rate it. It's a natural thing to us. It's just so fascinating to me to think, well, Get off onto another journey in your good relationships or, or your friendship relationships and find other dimensions to keep thinking about to add to that because that keeps the stimulation and growth in it. So I was reflecting on something that you said in the previous podcast but I also want to mention this idea of knowing yourself versus what other people think of you. So mm. I'll put that to one side and go back to what you said in one of the podcasts. So you were talking about um, – so, so as you have this uh, – honouring self-process, you're going through and understanding more about who you are, people then hopefully get to know the, let's say, real you, the person, the natural talent, I think Mm -hmm. is sort of the things that we've talked about. Uh, You talk about things like um, letting people know who you are deep down, that lovely quality you have as a human being, and as soon as that surfaces, nobody loses around you, and you certainly don't. Mm -hmm you can progress your life from there. Mm. So it's a continuum is probably Mm. what I want to say because Mm. I think as you kind of go, I'm understanding myself better, yeah. Other people do too. 
you know, but mm-hmm. inversely, it's this idea that uh, when you're with another person, that process is happening differently in a different time frame, a different mm. pattern. So I suppose what I was saying before is that uh, as you've, and I say you, as I, as people go through a process where they try and understand themselves better and sort of relax into being their self, mm-hmm. you can't help but start seeing all the things that are happening in other people's lives. There's like, I can't mm. even imagine what it's like to be in your brain, Mike. Because mm. <laughs> I'm like, mm. you know, but you you kind of go, oh, that's that makes sense now. Mm. I'm not annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. I just think maybe they could think about it a little bit more. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, look, uh, I think uh, if we stop growing at any stage, if we stop understanding the wealth that is us, if we stop trying to discover the new dimensions to ourselves, then every relationship has to pay some part of the price. Because when you think about it, it's a continuous growth. Continuous growth of all the wonderful things about us uh, take us to levels where, you know, even surprise your partner from time to time over after 10 years that you can start growing. And more. And more. <laughs> yes. Uh, so where relationships, they get stale because you might have a relationship that goes to five years and there's almost an agreement in place that both parties can stop mm. and there's no more. Mm. Well, you see, go back to what put you together in the first place. What was that excitement about? What did it look like and how much fun was that? We have to keep evolving, even with relationships but mostly with ourselves because if we evolve personally, then the people with us, it's like a it's like a coaching job. They'll come with you because they can realise then that they need to. But that's my issue with relationships. Uh, if someone said, "Well, we've been the same for twenty years," that's a big issue for me. We've been the same for two weeks is a big issue for me, <laughs> because what it is, once we start evolving and getting back to that understanding ourselves and honouring self and the value that we are, once we stop uh, growing that. We can become very predictable, almost boring, and that to me sets up situations like, well, we need the security. You know, our goals in life, we've known them for a long time, so we'll just really go along on this pattern and we won't change much. And yet partners who challenge each other to be more interesting, for example, it almost sounds like an insult, but it's not. It's a compliment. not at all. So would you mind being more interested? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, in what way, my uh, my love? In what way? <laughs> well, you always talk about uh, this and this and this, but what else do you think about? Yeah. What else do you think about? I mean, do you want to jump out of a plane, uh, preferably with a parachute? Yeah, well, yeah, I do. But what other things do you think about that I don't know about you? Let's have a competition. Get out that bottle of wine. Let's have a competition. How many things can we find out of each other we don't know over the next hour or so? And then at the end we'll celebrate. So don't don't forget, that's not a stupid thing to do. No. It's a wonderful thing <laughs> to do. And it's, it's uh, a sc- what's that game, Never Have I Ever or whatever it's yeah, called? Yeah. Uh, it's just fun to think, well, no, I didn't know that about you. Mm. And you see the excitement that comes between people. It can rekindle eight years of lost growth in one conversation because you then remember the person you you started with. Yeah, there's Mm. another one that, um, and this is relevant in the sense of some other things we've been talking Mm. about, Mike, but, you know, I've been on a few netball trips away. Mm. But I remember one trip 
it was the game where it's two truths and a lie, which is a bit like Never Have I Ever. Mm. So you basically say three things and the people have to pick which one's the lie. It mm. is hilarious and you have to really think, what is it that could be really intriguing and unusual that I've done that people would think it's a lie? Mm. So when you actually have a group of people that you don't know that well and let's pretend it's also then, say, a romantic relationship, these sorts of exercises... You know, there's part of me that goes, oh, you know, party games. But they are fantastic to change up mm. the way that you see each other. Mm, yeah. So these conversations mm. that uh, you're talking about between two people, uh, you know, I think obviously this is like the first episode of our new series. Mm. I think it sets up a really good mm. starting point mm. to kind of say this isn't all about doom and gloom. This isn't all no. about the troubles that you have like obviously there's challenges in every relationship but it can also be a bit fun if you're prepared to open up and understand yourself a bit better yeah, yeah look a- absolutely um, people are fascinating things and uh, I, I just uh, I love the fact that uh, you can start to have a conversation and it ends up so somewhere else completely <laughs> like us and on up and yeah up. and yes. you make you make admissions about yourself and mm. uh, you start to think about uh, uh, whether or not um, you know, you've ever known yourself. Mm. Uh, that's a partner's job also, I think, to explore the other person's head a bit because don't forget what we know we don't find very exciting, but they do. There's just all sorts of ways to uh, rekindle uh, what was there originally. And that's my point. If you're having one fun one day after 10 years and you suddenly feel, now there's that cheeky little bugger I met in the first place. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. That happens. Uh, the part about it, Jen, that I think we've got to be really, really clear about, we are spending time. Our life drifts. It drifts and drifts. Uh, can it drift beautifully? Yes, it can. Uh, notwithstanding, there'll be challenges. Notwithstanding, there'll be bad days. There'll be tough conversations. There'll be situations that happen to one uh, that hurts them tremendously. That the other person then, what's that role? Is it just support? Uh, yes, of course it is. But looking after each other's tragedies is a big part of having a great relationship. And sometimes uh, it's silence that helps it. Sometimes it's not asking how you're going. Sometimes it's just being physically sitting somewhere, um, you know, 10 feet away from someone, which is the distance I find support difference, where you're just there and you don't have to say a word about it. So when those things pass, though, when those tragedies and hurts pass, it then get back into this uh, growth area again about what's interesting and what's fun and what you can do. So d- don't, don't allow yourself to become a new pattern when something bad happens, a pattern that stops you from the growth you had before that occurred. So you've got to get back into the stream of things. Don't forget our life passes very quickly. Mm. and uh, we don't have any choices about anything. Uh, We don't want to be in a position where we're having the wrong conversations when something happens. We need to be really quite slow and uh, almost disciplined about how we talk to each other and how we respect each other. And respecting each other's individuality is so important too. We can't make anyone us or the other way around. Because an individual is why you went there in the first place. You liked that person. You can't make that person into you person. So, And sometimes that 
can occur through some insecurities and things like that, but it doesn't work. Keep the original model. Keep the one that you fell in love with. Don't try and change what you fell in love with. Why would you do that? And the only reason it does happen from time to time, Jen, is when you start to not feel as good about yourself and you want them to change in favour of you a little bit to cover up what you've lost. There's a whole episode in that last mm. statement and in several things that you've just said, mm. uh, I'll try and say a couple of things which around this idea of remembering who that person was that originally made the connection happen. Um, I'd love to in maybe another episode explore the changing nature mm. of not just the relationship but the changing nature of the people because mm. it's like a flow, constant flow. So if you're not in tune with the other person's journey, you do get a disconnect. So mm. I thought it's it's about two things that are moving and constantly changing. Mm. The other mm. thing you said was like time drifts or things mm. drift. So this is probably something we talked about not on the podcast, but I think you said to me, and I have I think about things you say, Michael. You said to me something like, time isn't what we remember, it's moments. Mm-hmm. So I actually started writing about that and I thought I just wanted to say that something also I think would be really good to talk about is when you're in a relationship, people talk about the time spent together mm. as opposed to the moments. Yes. Mm. And I think well, maybe explain what it means to have a moment because I've reflected on that and went, mm. I remember the feeling I had mm. or the emotion that mm. was made. It wasn't the expanse of time. And it goes back to the original podcast about the moments we remember rather than the detail. Uh, yeah. I think moments are, are crucial things and it's funny you can go down to the pub with your mates or you can think about it anywhere and you, you remember when that happened. Yeah. Do you remember how you felt? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I remember the feeling but I don't remember what it was. We've said this, we don't have to. Moments slow the world down and allows clarity around something that's really nice and really important. Whereas minutes just flick by and uh, time just flicks by. When you stop and think about what are the most important things and greatest moments you've ever had, one of the great sadnesses is that sometimes people can't think of any. Well, today's a good day to start thinking about moments. What are your great moments? And really, were you feeling that bad one day when someone said something really nice to you and you didn't see it as a nice moment? You know, that, that's so okay. important to the whole being that is us Mm -hmm. and when you you know the people that have passed away in our life and I think back and I thought it's wonderful to think about it's not about the illnesses not about the the passings I just think and I still laugh at these stupid mates that I used to have years ago and I still remember some of the stupid things I'd say (laughs) that created such hilarity and such relaxation but they're moments yes their moments and so they're critical for us I think Jen. they mm. are so well I suppose it's a nice way to kind of wrap this up but mm. uh it made me reflect about things like celebrating anniversaries mm. as opposed to celebrating the moments that's right yeah. so I thought maybe it's something people can think about a bit more I tend to remember the moments mm. and if anyone knows me I'm hopeless at birthdays and anniversaries because mm. I'm like is it really important that I've been with you five years ten years twenty years or mm. is it about the the absolute wonderful mm. collection of moments we've had together. Yeah, well, moments don't have holidays and moments <laughs> don't have days off. Moments are moments. That's right. A- and, and when you have one of your own, you suddenly realise something really nice about you. Have that to savour that. Let it take its time. 
it might take five minutes to actually gestate that, if you like, and think, oh, hang on, I didn't realise that there's people out there that really regard me rather strongly and well here. And, I'm, and, and that will end up being part of your uh, new growth, uh, your, your great self-esteem. And moments, by the way, Jen, can't have stress in them. They don't exist. Well, hopefully we've left this podcast with no stress. None. None. So thanks, Mike, and um, we'll uh, hopefully record the next episode soon. But thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you all again. Okay. Bye. Thanks, thanks Jen. for listening to the Ministry of Self podcast. Mark and I believe that it's for all of us to think about who we really are or what we can become if we're emotionally strong and fulfilled. The gifts accorded to us such as creativity, skills, beliefs and strengths are all much more enhanced when linked to our healthy emotions. If you're interested to reach out, you can contact us via the links in this podcast description. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you keep listening to the Ministry of Self podcast.